Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to present to you the greatest invention of mankind. If you are under six feet tall, presenting the step stool. Allow me to show you how it works. It's truly cutting edge technology. All right. So as you can see here, compared to this bookcase, I am very short. But what happens when short people have to grab things on walls? We can't do it. We're too short. But with this revolutionary new invention that's been around for like 6,000 years, check this out. It's a miracle. Now I can grab stuff in high places. Isn't that great? That's awesome. Okay. Oh, man. What a time to be alive. What I tell you. All right. So, um... Yeah, that was just to, like, because I think a lot of times people, for some reason, when they watch my videos, I think every YouTuber just looks six feet. Because I've said this before, but whenever I say I'm five foot five and a half, people are just like, whoa, you're, I didn't know you were that short. I'm like, yeah, I'm really that short. I mean, I, I'm flattered. I guess the camera automatically adds, like, you know, everyone's default six feet tall. Like, that's just what it is. Like, okay, well, whatever. No, I'm... I'm very, very short, so, you know, uh, go get yourself, if you are short also, go get yourself a step stool today. It'll make your life so much easier. Okay, so uh, what are we talking about today? I don't even know. I have a list over here from the last chapter. A lot of stuff happened. Um, let's see, 10 Titanic, Captain Titanic. We're talking about the Titanic. Okay. So, um, as we all know, the Titanic was a uh, British liner that uh, was uh, operated by the White Star Line, you know, back at the beginning of the 20th century. Unfortunately, it meant a very tragic fate on its maiden voyage. Uh, it struck an iceberg, and about two hours and 40 minutes later, it sank beneath the Atlantic Ocean's depths. It split in half along the way. Uh, very, very tragic story, and you can learn about it in the history books. Oh, oh, okay. All right, 10 Titanic captains. Okay, great. All right, so, um, yeah, last chapter, all right, we got some interesting back and forth between Scratchman, Apu, and Diaz Drake, okay? Where Apu and Drake were in this big cavern room kind of off to the side of Onigashima. The top three numbers were also there, Inbi, Fuga, and Zaki, all right? And um, Apu seemed to be working sort of like in cahoots with them. Like the numbers seemed to be like allying themselves with Apu, and then Apu was trying to not ally himself exactly with Drake, but kind of. He was basically like, hey, Drake, instead Instead of us like just fighting right here and one of us ending up dead how about you know we basically work together you know like basically like i scratch my back you scratch yours wait you know the, the other way around i scratch your back you scratch mine kind of situation like hey 
after this battle is over, if Kaido is the victor, he's going to be severely weakened, okay? And then you could go take him out because you're probably a Marine spy, which he is. He's more of a Marine secret agent, but spy, you know, secret agent sounds cooler than spy, but still, okay? And so Apu is basically just, I think, just trying to get out of Onigashima or get out of Wano. At least that's what I assumed, okay? So I got a comment on the review, and the comment was very interesting to me. The comment was basically like, hey, what if... Apu is actually a spy, see in this context spy maybe works better, spy for Blackbeard this entire time. In fact, what if Scratchman Apu of the worst generation is actually the um, the mysterious 10th Titanic captain of Blackbeard's crew? And at first when I read that comment, I was like, yeah, no, no way, that's possible. Then I kind of stopped. I was like, wait a second, hmm. Some interesting points to bring up with this, okay? So that's what we're talking about here today. The um, the very mysterious, the enigmatic 10th Titanic captain of Blackbeard's crew. For a very long time, I just assumed it was Aokiji. You have Aokiji over here. He's a cameo appearance. This is his second appearance on the show next to Barry, but now he actually has an arm. So that, that's good. I lost his arm last time he was on the show. But um, I assume that because when Sakazuki was meeting with the Goro, say, right after Dress Rosa, and Sakazuki was, like, really pissed off about what happened with Doflamingo, and the Goro, say, kind of covered it up and everything. By the way, there was actually, I went back, because those episodes were actually just recently dubbed, and I went back and watched them in the English dub, and there was sort of, like, foreshadowing for Eames' existence in that conversation. Because, basically, I think what happened was Sakazuki went to go talk to the Goro, say, and be like, what the hell is this? You know, you kept this from me, you know, you just were listening to Doflamingo, he was this, you know, corrupt pirate that was masquerading as a warlord, and he took over all of Dressrosa, and you, Goro, say you knew about it the entire time, and you wouldn't tell me, and I think Sakazuki says it as sort of like a, a jest, because he's like, you mean to tell me there's some sort of power even greater than you that told you to do this? You know, basically kind of being like, Sakazuki uh, believes the Gorosei are the greatest authorities in the world, like most of the people do, because it's set up like the Gorosei are the greatest authorities in the world. And then Sakazuki's like, oh, you mean to tell me that Doflamingo was doing all this stuff, but you didn't know about it, or you didn't have any authority to stop it? Oh, is there somebody else in the world that's even more powerful than you that maybe sits on the empty throne and commands the five of you? Yeah, that's bullcrap. You're the ones in charge. You should have known about it. So, little bit of foreshadowing there, I guess, because that turns out that there actually is, and that is, at, in fact, what happened. But, at any rate, the Gorosei kind of chastise Sakazuki. They kind of tell him to shut up and, like, know his place. And it's just like, hey, look, you know, you might be the fleet admiral, but you don't have as much power as you think. In fact, hey, what happened to that other admiral that was your friend that left and joined Blackbeard's crew? What are you doing about that? And, you know... Aki Inu, his, his response is like, you know, that lacks a, in the English dub, it was, that lackadaisical jackass can go do whatever he wants. I love that because Sakazuki is definitely that really hard kind of military person that would be probably dropping the F-bomb and just curse words all over the place. Like, I don't give up!
damn where that son of a you know i don't care where he is but they have to kind of tone it down but like yeah that lackadaisical jackass i don't care where he's at i don't care what he's doing that's as close as you probably could but if like one piece was like uncut and uncensored yeah you know freaking um sakazuki would probably be dropping f-bombs like negan from the walking dead you know it'd just be all over the place um yeah so for a while i just assumed because aokiji is a very strong fighter and he used to be an admiral and he has a logia and if he is in fact working with Blackbeard, he might very well have been the 10th Titanic captain. The other nine members of the Titanic captains, of course, being the members of Blackbeard's crew we already knew about, but there's this 10th member we don't. Um, and it's like, now, he might not, like, legitimately be part of Blackbeard's crew. He might just be doing that, like, undercover sort of situation uh, until the time is right to get some intel and maybe deliver it back to S.W.O.R.D. Like, if Aokiji was a member of S.W.O.R.D., I don't think anybody would be surprised by that. Probably actually makes a lot of sense that he would be. Um, that goes back to a theory that I had, like, what if Aokiji, when he was fighting against Sakazuki, he actually could have won the duel, but he chose to lose the duel so he could kind of leave and do his own thing, or he was given a special mission by, like, Sengoku or Garp or somebody like that, okay? And so it's like, all right, Sakazuki might not be able to do the mission too well, but Aokiji might be able to, like, if he it makes this big public display of being defeated by, um, Akainu on Punk Hazard, you know, Akainu becomes the new fleet admiral, he can leave and sort of disgrace and join Blackbeard's crew and not as many people would question him being a double agent or something okay so I mean that's still possible it's still on the table he could be the 10th Titanic captain I will say this though it's a little weird that you know yeah the Gorosei might have mentioned that he's allying with Blackbeard but nobody else has brought that up the 10 Titanic captains should be like the forefront and the center of Blackbeard's crew, okay? Like those should be the most recognizable names because Blackbeard is a Yonko now. This would be like if, um, you know, you know, nobody knew about the Sweet Commanders or nobody knew about the All-Stars, you know, or like Ben Beckman or Lucky Roo on Shanks' crew or whatever, right? Like, you know, like the whole world knows about the Yonko and also the whole world knows about the Yonko commanders that work under them, okay? And and it doesn't really seem that the entire world just knows common knowledge that Aokiji is the 10th Titanic captain. I would imagine most of the world knows, you know, Jesus Burgess is the first captain, Lafitte, Van Auger, Doc Q, uh, San Juan Wolf, Katarina Davon, Avalo Pizarro, Vasco Shot, you know, they're all members of Blackbeard's crew, and they probably have wanted posters all over the place. So either even in, like, the actual context of the One Piece world, the 10th captain is still mysterious, like, nobody knows who it is, but it's kind of weird to call it. It's like, yes, Blackbeard heads up the 10 Titanic captains, but we only know about nine of them. It's like, yeah, well, why don't you just call them the nine Titanic captains? It's like, yeah, but we know there's 10. We just don't know who the last one is. That doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, in the context of the story, right? So if there's 10 Titanic captains, you know, you think they would all be well known and there'd be wanted posters everywhere. It's just we, the fans, like the fourth wall, haven't, you know, seen that person yet, right? And so it doesn't seem like Aokiji, it's common knowledge. So he... I think the uh, the idea that he's working with Blackbeard is something that maybe the cipher pull uncovered and told the Goro to say. In other words, it's only known by like top-ranking military and world government officials. Like Sakazuki knows about it, you know, Garp probably knows about it. Um, you know, the cipher pull and the Goro say and they they know about it. Eam obviously knows about it. But other than that, the rest of the world doesn't know. So he's not a member. Of, he's not like an official member of the crew. He's not a 10 Titanic captain. He's not like a regular member that hangs out on 
Hachinosu all the time. He might be like an information broker to Blackbeard. He might have helped him out with something. He might have maybe or maybe gave the impression that he leaked Marine secrets to Blackbeard and then the cipher pole found out about it and then relayed that information to the Gorosei and then, you know, Sakazuki also knows about it. But that might really be, that's it. And that's all there is to it right there. Um, so what if it's possible that there is a 10th Titanic captain, but maybe he's just like, or he or she might just be like a proxy or something, right? Like Blackbeard sets it up like, okay, here's my crew. I'm a Yonko now, you know, I'm the admiral of the Blackbeard pirates. Here are my 10 Titanic captains. One through nine, they're people you're already equated with. Number 10 is, I don't know, there's, there's, uh, I'm trying to think of a generic name I haven't used before. I always use like John or Bill or Dave or Jim. I don't know. Here's, um, here's Xander. Here's Xander, the 10th Titanic captain, right? Like, here you go. But he's just, like, there as, like, a proxy. You know, in reality, it might be Aokiji, or in reality, it might be somebody else. Uh, or it, it could be Apu, because the situation with Apu, and he's really not, like, one of my favorite supernovas, so I don't really pay that much attention to him, honestly, but... Compared to, like, the character development we got from Beiji in Totland, you know, when Beiji was allying with Big Mom, we found out a lot of stuff about Beiji and his crew during that arc. You know, comparably, have we really found out that much stuff about Apu during Wano? Apu, who was supposed to be, like, the traitor, you know, he was, like, originally going to join an alliance with Hawkins and um, Kid, and then he was the traitor, and he was actually working for Kaido this whole time. We really haven't found out much about him or his crew or anything like that, right? He was just kind of there. So that makes me think, okay, what if... You know, as the comment said, I saw a lot of comments about this. What if he's not just a double agent? What if he's a triple or a quadruple agent or something? And then that got me thinking, like, whoa, wait, wait, hold on a second here. What if a poo is playing, like, 5D chess with everybody? Not the character you would first think capable of that. Like, if I was going to say a character that was, like, playing, like, this super complicated 5D, 6D, layered chess, Machiavellian scheming up the uh, up the ass, I, I was going to say probably Law. Like, Law could be capable of doing that, that kind of stuff. But, like, what if it is a poo? Or what if a poo's plan... This would be insanely dangerous, but if it worked out, the reward would be monumental, okay? What if he's like, alright, I'm gonna pretend to join one Yonko crew, when in reality, I'm working for another Yonko crew. <laughs> that would be extremely dangerous. And not only that, but even add one more layer to that, where it's like, I'm gonna actually be working for Blackbeard, when I'm going to be working for Kaido, when I'm going to try to make an alliance with Kid and Hawkins, when in reality, reality, I'm doing my own thing. I'm not even allied with anybody, you know? And you might think, like, my God, that is so dangerous. Like, you could die so... I mean, look what happened with Caesar Clown. I mean, Caesar was kind of doing that same shit, where he was, like, uh, having all of his gaseous hands in many sinister soups. You know, he's like, ah, yes, I will work for Big Mom and take all of her research money and then blow it on booze. And then I'll be working for Kaito and manufacturing smiles. You know, he's just kind of doing all that stuff, but it's like a recipe for disaster, so to speak, right? Um, but what if a poo, you know, maybe he just has some really big brass cojones and he's just like, you know what? When I get to the new world, 
I think the best opportunity for me to become King of the Pirates, for me to find the One Piece, you know, I, I, most of the supernovas are going out there allying themselves with Yonko in some way, you know, or trying to take down Yonko. Like, Beiji allied himself but, with Big Mom, but Beiji was actually trying to take down Big Mom. Uh, Kid and Hawkins and the Apu Alliance was originally supposed to take down Shanks. Uh, you know, Luffy and uh, Law are taking down Kaido, of course, right? So, you know, what if, you know, Apu is taking that concept but, like, expanding on it even more? Just like, oh, yes, we we could try to form an alliance to directly fight against the Yonko, but that might not work. I guess I could try to join one of the Yonko crews and then fight them from within, like kind of what Drake is doing, but that might not work either. So what if Apu is doing like high risk, high return, where he's like, I'm going to set myself up as a member of Blackbeard's crew and Kaido's crew and work kind of both, you know, angles of this, when in reality I'm not really working for either of them, I'm still my own man, I'm still my own pirate that's doing my own thing, but the goal is to try to get Kaido and Blackbeard to, like, fight each other. You know, getting the Yonko to wipe each other out. That's, like I said, very, very risky, but not a bad idea when you're trying to figure out some other way to take out the Yonko. Like, Luffy, the way that he would go about it, the way that he does go about it, is just like, I'm gonna beat up the Yonko! I'm just gonna go gear forth and punch him a bunch of times! Hey, look, it works for Luffy. I'm just saying that a lot of other characters, a lot of the other supernovas are like, yeah, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> we're not gonna do that. Beiji wasn't stupid enough to do that. Not calling Luffy stupid, because he, that's just how he fights. That's what he does. Um, and Luffy's not doing it by himself. He's working with... Instead of punching Kaido by myself, I'll get a bunch of people to punch him first, and then I'll punch him! You know, there you go. But, you know, there's, like, other angles to take here. And so Beiji took the angle of, like, trying to destroy Big Mom from within, like, learn her movements, learn her weaknesses, and then try to develop a strategy to take her out, which was the KX launcher, which didn't end up working, but it was still a good idea. And Apu is just like, hey... I'm not strong enough to take out, you know, Yonko, and maybe even all of the other supernovas, if we work together, probably aren't strong enough to take down the Yonko, but who is strong enough to take down one of the Yonko? Another member of the Yonko. Hmm, okay, so if I set myself up working for Kaido, but then I funnel information from Kaido and Wano to the Hachinosu, where Blackbeard is then I might set up this thing where Blackbeard might fight against Kaido, or there might be also the thing like Blackbeard might attack Totland while Big Mom is gone. It doesn't really matter as long as you reduce the number of threats in the world. As long as Apu is effective at taking down one of the Yonko in any manner, he would probably call that a victory, right? And that's also probably another way why he's, like, explaining this to Drake, of just like, hey, you know, we can hang out here in this cavernous room with the numbers, and we can chill here, and then after the battle is over, then we attack. And it's like, and, and Apu kind of worded it in such a way, he kind of worded it as a veiled threat to Drake, where he has, like, you know, Apu has the three numbers behind him, and they're kind of, like, grinning and laughing, and so he's just like, hey, we have the power here, you know, either work with me, or, you know, you might have to fight me plus the numbers, and that might not work for you. I know you could turn into a giant dinosaur, but that might not be good enough. So it's kind of like one part veiled threat, and another part of it was sort of like trying to get Drake to do his dirty work for him. Trying to set it up like, hey, you're a marine spy, right? You probably want to take down Kaido. Well, if we just hang out in here, the battle will be over. Kaido will either be defeated by the rebellion, or even if he's not, he'll be so injured, you could probably bring him in at that point. 
no problem with me. I don't care. And Apu has a really good sort of cover for that where he can say, hey, I don't want to work for Kaido anymore because Queen, you know, threw me the antibody and basically threw me to the wolves, you know. So, you know, I'm done with this crew. I'm, I'm done with Kaido and the Beast Pirates, right? I just want to make it out of here alive. So he might set himself up as maybe a little cowardly or, you know, I only care about my own skin or whatever. But at the end of the day, it might be all part of his strategy. It might be all part of his thing of just like, hey, I can get Drake to take out Kaido, or I can get Drake to take out the strong fighters there, or I can get the numbers to do it for me. The numbers might very well have just working for Apu because Apu has the fighting music capabilities with his Oto Otonomi, so he might just be able to like play some sounds on his flute arm or whatever, and then the numbers will kind of do his will. Although these are the top three numbers, so... I like to think they're more than just puppets, or they're more than just being persuaded by that. So, so it might be more of like a legitimate alliance that Apu made with them. Maybe the three uh, top numbers are like done with Kaido's crew. They're like, you know, Kaido originally very strong, but here he's, his, his crew is kind of done. You know, everybody's wiped out. His whole empire is kind of crumbling at this point, well, along with Onigashima. It's going up in smoke, like quite literally. So maybe Apu was like, hey, Numbers, how about you go with me and we join Blackbeard's crew, right? And then, you know, the Numbers are like, all right, I guess so. Right? We could go do that. Is there booze over there? It's like, oh, man, there's booze all over the place. Plus, there's an island shaped like a skull. Pretty much, it's exactly like Onigashima. Like, all right, cool, we'll do that. Actually... Blackbeard and Kaido have a lot of similarities if you actually sit back and think about it. Like, their home base is on an island that has a giant skull mountain. In the case with Onigashima, it's like an uh, ancient giant skull mountain. In the case with the Hachinosu, it's like literally a mountain that's carved like a cartoon skull. And um, they both want to make like a pirate paradise. Blackbeard lives on the pirate paradise, Hachinosu. And Kaido wanted to make Wano into a pirate paradise. And that was sort of his goal for the entire world. So that's kind of interesting there. But I just find it kind of like it's a little bit of a glaring issue where, you know, Oda is not really focusing on Apu at all here. Like, we never even found out his devil fruit until it was revealed in, like, a Viva card or, like, an SBS, like, extra information. You know, we focus on Apu, sort of, but we don't really know anything about him or, you know, why he's doing this or what his crew is all about. Like, remember back at Totland, we found out stuff about uh, Gaudi and Vito and members of Beiji's crew and kind of how they work in a dynamic and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we, we also find out a little bit more about that with, like, Law's crew and Kid's crew a little bit here uh, and, like, especially especially kid and killers kind of relationship that's kind of expanded upon, but we just haven't really focused on it with Apu. And you might say, well, maybe Oda just doesn't have time for it, but it's like, okay, but these are all members of the Supernovas. I feel genuinely, and I know you could point to a Rouge, you could point to Bonnie, you can point to Apu, and you might say, well, maybe like Oda's not going to do this, but I think when Oda came up with the designs for all of the Supernovas, he had sort of a plan there. He had sort of like, okay... It might not be all at once, and it might take over several years, but I'm going to, you know, expand on each one of these supernovas and their stories, okay, before One Piece is over. At least what I think that's the case. So, we still don't know pretty much anything about, like, Aruj's past, and we don't even know where he's at right now. Maybe Aruj is the 10th Titanic captain. Who knows, right? Um, and that's just common knowledge. Like, literally, maybe Aruj has wanted posters all over the world that are like, you know, Aruj, 10th Titanic captain, bounty, whatever, you know? And it's like everybody knows about it, but it's just like nobody mentions it because the 
Straw Hats are not connected to a Rouge in, like, any way. So it's not like they would care. It's like, oh, that guy, the monk dude with the wings, he's the, okay, I guess, whatever. Um, so we don't know that much about a Rouge. We know stuff about Bonnie, but it's like, the more stuff we find out about Bonnie, the more questions we have about Bonnie. So we're still learning about her, but that's definitely, I mean, Oda's definitely going to delve into Bonnie and Kuma's backstory. I mean, that was established at Reverie. Like, we're definitely going to find out about her. It's just that Bonnie is not like a real pirate. Like, she doesn't want to be a pirate. I think Bonnie is like the queen dowager of the Sorbet Kingdom, and she maybe went out to sea to go bring Kuma back, who's possibly her son, right? Like, so she's a pirate, but that's not like the main thing. It's just more of a cover for something else, kind of situation, right? But we're definitely going to find out stuff about Bonnie. But when it comes to the rest of the supernovas, it's like a rouge and a poo that we really don't know like anything about in terms of like what are their motivations, why are they doing what they're doing. We even found out a little bit about Hawkins's motivation when he was fighting Killer a few chapters ago, okay? So I'm thinking either, okay, we either... I mean, we would have found out about Apu already if, like, Oda wanted to delve into it in the Wano arc, because I think we're getting to the final stages of the Wano arc. So perhaps, maybe by the end of this arc, uh, we'll, like, reveal Apu's true intentions. Like, he was actually working for Blackbeard this whole time, or he was actually not working for anybody this whole time. He was just working for himself, okay? And then, at the end of Wano, he manages to crawl out of a hole or something at Onigashima, and he gets on his ship with his crew, and he's just like, all right, well... I mean, it didn't work out exactly as planned. I mean, by the end of this arc, Kaido will be defeated. Kaido and Big Mom will probably be defeated, I would assume. Um, unless the raid fails, but what are the odds of that happening, right? Uh, so I think Apu would be like, alright, well, not exactly how I planned it, but it worked. And so Apu's, like, next step is like, okay, well, we took out two of the Yonko. Maybe next step would be trying to get Blackbeard to fight against Shanks. And the idea would be just wipe out as many of the Yonko, put them against each other as, as best as you can. Shanks might very well already be, you know, looking to attack Blackbeard, if that's who the pirate he was going to talk about with the Gorosei was. So Apu might be like, all right, we took two of the Yonko out. Now I just have to get these other two Yonko to fight each other. Like, he could go to Blackbeard and say, I have intel on Shanks. Or he could go to Shanks and say, I have intel on Blackbeard. You know, I'm not saying I don't want to be involved. It's just like, hey, here you go, Shanks. Here's the intel. There you go. And I'm out of here. Up, 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 up and he just leaves right and it just like and he just sits back and he just observes and that's like what Apu does and you know very antithetical to the way that Luffy does things you know Luffy does things like directly Apu might be the kind of guy that's like I don't need to fight I don't need to put my life at risk in that way I can just like sit back and just like manipulate people and the Yonko around me and have them fight each other and then wipe each other out to the point where they might not like like Kaido and Big Mom might not be dead by the end of this arc but they might be in a state where they're not going to be able to be Yonko anymore at least for the foreseeable future and then at that point he can also you know you have to get your hands on the road poneglyphs which most of the Yonko do have Kaido has one Big Mom has one um and so Apu might be looking to, you know, get his hands on that and then just kind of sail to Laugh Tale without any opposition of the Yonko. And that might be his, and it, may, it might not work, like the plan might fail because there's still the Cypher Pole, there's still the Marines, there's still all these other really strong groups, other supernovas that can get in his way, like Drake, for example, and Luffy and Law and Kid. But that might be like, hey, this was my plan, Beiji decided to do this thing, Luffy and Law decided to make an alliance. I decided to do this instead, kind of doing it on my own while manipulating like a bunch of stuff at the same time. Now, you know, traditionally, whenever you do have a character like that in works of fiction, a character that's like, you know, you double crossed me, but I was actually triple crossing you or quadruple or quintuple, you know, you know, dodeca crossed you, you know, whatever. Whenever you have a character like that or a character that tries to do stuff like that, 
usually it all comes crashing down all at once, right? And that could very well be the time where that happens, where, you know, like, they get to Laugh Tale and Apu's there, and it's like, he's pissed off. Kaido, Big Mom, uh, Shanks, Luffy, Drake, like, everybody's there, and Kid, and everybody just, like, proceeds to beat the crap out of him at once, you know? And it's just like, it's like, oh, wait, wait, you're the one that told him that? I thought he was the one that, wait, he was working for me. It's like, Kaido's like, Apu, I thought you were working for me. Zehaha, Apu, I thought you were working for me. It's just like, well, guys, there is a logical explanation to all of this. And then he just gets attacked from like 13 different angles, you know, like at once, right? It's like, how's that? You're just, you're just like 13 double crosses. There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I just feel like, okay, I'm not a huge fan of Apu, but he's still a member of the worst generation. He's still a supernova. I feel like Odo will focus on him at some point, and he hasn't done that yet, really. I mean, it might be next chapter or the chapter after that, because we saw him last time. You know, he's not defeated yet. I mean, he's definitely not going to be one-shotted off-screen or whatever. Um, but, you know, is it going to be something where it's like, yeah, you don't think Apu is, like, the weakest supernova, but you also don't think he's the strongest, but he was the one that had this massive plan the whole time. It would be a twist, if nothing else, I would say. Well, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this video. Um, I've pretty much decided what the next animal facts were uh, would be. I didn't have time to, like, look anything up right now. Um, you know, I was pretty busy. All day yesterday, I was actually working at uh, an election center. It was election day, and a friend of mine was like, hey, you want to work at this election center all day? And I was basically just the guy that greeted people at the door and handed out stickers or whatever, but that's what I did, like, literally all day from, like, 6 a.m. to, like, 10 o'clock at night I got back. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. And in addition to that, while I was hanging out there at the election site all day, I was just, like, on the Viz app and just reading the entirety of Undead Unluck, which I finished reading, and I was like, oh, man, that was a good series. So go read Undead Unluck. I read the whole thing. It's, like, 85 chapters right now. Read the whole thing in a day. And it's an emotional roller coaster, man. I love the world building. I love the character development in that story. I love the powers. They're very cool. They're kind of reminiscent of Chainsaw Man a little bit. Like, you can kind of see it. Like, they're more of, like concept and phenomenon based abilities rather than just like i throw fire i throw lightning you know like so they're a little bit more like kind of ambiguous abilities like that they're a little bit more like esoteric but i, I love that kind of concept of things but yeah i have an idea for the next episode of animal facts and so we'll probably get to that tomorrow um the next video i make so anyway thanks for watching everybody this will be Tekken, barry and aokiji signing out later everyone